Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, paging first responders in the field faster. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world, and you'll learn about the news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. State CIOs are focusing on shifting financial models and a bubbling interest in generative artificial intelligence in 2023, according to a new CIO survey from the National Association of State CIOs. The report draws on interviews and survey responses from top IT officials in 49 states and Washington, D.C., as well as the U.S. Virgin Islands. Kansas has a new IT lead. Governor Laura Kelly has appointed Jeff Maxson as the state's chief information technology officer. Maxson has been serving as interim CITO since the departure of D'Angela Burns-Wallace in January. The governor's office credited Maxson with helping to develop the state's generative AI policy, which the state unveiled last month. Broadband providers will be required to display easy-to-understand information about the cost and performance of broadband services both online and in stores by 2024, according to an announcement from the Federal Communications Commission. The announcement follows a year-long process to introduce the order and then vote to approve it and deploy it to companies across the country. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. North Carolina is working to provide faster, more reliable methods to page first responders in the field. The state's Department of Information Technology's First Tech program is designed to help public safety agencies use advanced technology. The effort won an ASEO State IT Recognition Award this year. Red Grasso is the director of First Tech. He tells State Scoops Colin Wood about the project to speed up paging. What's next? You know, broadly, um, this system is meant to... uh, enhance the ability for a 911 center to reach the responders out in the field. Um, there are a number of different types of, of those systems. Uh, you know, typically um, we refer to them as paging systems. Um, and they, this system utilizes existing infrastructure with uh, television broadcast, particularly our partner with PBS Uh, And in North Carolina, PBS North Carolina is the name of that organization. Um, And so some of the paging systems that exist today are based on uh, 50 or 60 year old technology um, that is very analog um, and it can take quite a bit of time to get the information from the 911 center out into the field. This prototype is digital Um, and it's uh, really taking advantage of the ability to send information in a quick data burst, um, which can really compress the amount of time to get the information out into the field. I understand it uses something called ATSC 3.0. Could you describe what that is and why it's important? ATSC 3.0 is also known by the marketing term next-gen television, um, is the next standard in digital television. Um, So uh, there was the, I believe, 1996 transition from analog television to digital television, uh, and that standard is ATSC 1.0. There actually was some development for an ATSC 2.0, um, but quickly, the uh, standards body realized that um, that they needed to go ahead and advance uh, even more. And, and so 2.0 is not really talked a lot about, um, but 3.0 is the next evolution of digital television. 
And one of the, it, it has a number of different advantages from 1.0 to 3.0. Uh, and several of those features were very important to support this aging prototype. One of the features is that 3.0 um, changes a little bit on how the information is transmitted, allowing it to reach a moving receiver with reliability. So 1.0 is really meant to just go from the television station to a fixed receiver, such as in your house. Um, and it was not very good uh, at being able to deliver you reliable transmissions to a moving target. Um, so I, I know you've probably experienced it when you're riding around in your limousine and you're trying to get broadcast television. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't really come through very reliably. So annoying. With next-gen TV uh, 3.0, um, that problem has been solved. Um, the, the information come to you reliably. And of course, that was very important because a lot of the use case that we focused on was particularly, say, a volunteer firefighter who may be in their vehicle um, or at their place of work. Um, they would be able to still get the reliable information um, rather than having it be a fixed receiver, it could be something that was actually moving down the road with them. One of the other big features is that um, ATSC 3.0 uh, takes advantage of the latest compression um, technology. So they're able to squeeze a lot more information into the same signal um, with 3.0 than they could with 1.0. Uh, and that became important because it really allowed us to have these conversations with broadcasters and ask them what it would look like to dedicate some of their capacity for first responders. Uh, and the broadcasters can easily do that with 3.0 without impacting the amount of capacity they needed to still deliver the television content that they're looking at. Right. Now, this project started in January 2020. Uh, so what was the impetus for all of this? Um, the Well, the original impetus uh, was, was actually um, we were approached by PBS North Carolina to take a look at um, a, a data casting technology that they had back in 2017. And we had a conversation in state government about um, how this could be used um, in, in different ways. And of course, my background as a firefighter, I was thinking about the first responder community. Uh, a colleague of mine, Alan Sadowski, um, we actually were, were sort of having a napkin conversation about different uses and it occurred to us the daily use of alerting responders um, could be something that that this could serve so we actually then approached pbs north carolina and said hey that data casting thing what if we did it for pagers and that's when pbs north carolina said well that would be great but we need to wait until atsc 3.0 so that we could uh, take advantage of, like I said, that, that mobile receiver feature. Um, and we actually, in 2017, uh, four of us, two, two from the Department of Information Technology and two people from PBS North Carolina, 
which was known at that time as UNC TV, we wrote a white paper. Um, so a fairly short white paper. I can actually send you the original. Uh, we wrote it in 2017 and we sort of put it out into the public domain um, to kind of see what uh, response we would get. And originally, I, I really almost expected some of our, our colleagues to look at the white paper and say, you know, oh, this is a great idea, but it'll never work because you forgot this, this, and this, or, you know, some sort of challenges or, or roadblocks or, or things that they might throw at us um, as we, we looked at um, that concept. And what we got was we actually got some response from some of our colleagues, both in the broadcast industry, as well as the public safety industry, of folks saying, hey, this is a great idea. Uh, when will it be ready? <laughs> and we never really, uh, the, the four of us, the, the original authors, we, we never really intended for us to, to spin off a company or, or to really do the development ourselves. Um, we just wrote this white paper as a concept. Uh, in part of my work with the Department of Homeland Security, um, they we actually did a presentation. We did a couple of different presentations about the concept. Um, one was actually to the CEO of PBS in Washington, D.C. Uh, and, and one was with a working group within the Department of Homeland Security in which uh, we had a, a key player there from their science and technology directorate um, hear the presentation and say, this is, a, this is a really great idea. What would it take to actually do a prototype? And through that conversation, Department of Homeland Security funded the 2020 um, Small Business Innovation Research uh, Grant. And uh, so DHS funded a, a company to actually do the development for this prototype. And, and that was sort of the history of, of sort of mm -hmm. where it went and, uh, and, and how it got funded. Right. So with the implementation you've done so far, what sort of benefits are you seeing compared to what you accepted, expected or had originally imagined? Well, I can tell you that, you know, the, the white paper, uh, though I am not an electrical engineer uh, or, or any type of, of engineer, if, if I say that, uh, I was a fire engineer, which is a rank and not necessarily <laughs> Uh, a degree. Um, the other authors um, of that original white paper um, did some of the work to make uh, some of the assumptions that we made about uh, delivery and about uh, data usage. Um, we were actually, for the prototype that was done, it exceeded our, assumption, our, our assumptions. Um, so um, we, we were thinking about um, you know, how, how much this system could be used uh, and, and what the propagation may look like for this type of new um, paging service. And what we saw in the prototype was we actually were getting reliable pages 60 miles away from the transmitter inside of a building. Mm. And if you ever talk to an RF engineer, you'll know that in building is really one of the biggest challenges because every building is a little different, different, you know, different construction, different thickness of the walls. Um, all of those types of um, features can really hinder the ability, even for your cell phone and Wi-Fi and, and television to make it through that building. 
Yeah, that's so great. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely exceeded our, our our expectations. Yeah, it sounds uh, promising. So, I guess maybe the question that all those people who express interest want to know is, what's next for broader deployments, or how can how will agencies be able to avail themselves of this eventually, if they will be able to? Yeah. So the uh, prototype was done with with funding from DHS, um, and uh, that was considered what's called a phase two uh, small business innovation research grant or, or SIBR, because everything needs an acronym. Um, so that SBIR, um, phase three of the SBIR is commercialization. And so right now, Device Solutions Incorporated was the winner of that phase two, and they developed the actual prototype um, with support from PBS North Carolina and myself at the Department of Information Technology. Um, So Device Solutions uh, is now looking for a manufacturing partner um, to look at at what it would take to mass manufacture the pagers themselves, um, as well as they're looking to partner with a um, kind of software company um, to, to do the software delivery side of those emergency messages. Um, so the, the next step sort of where we're at today is the, the prototype has exceeded our expectations um, and Device Solutions is looking to partner with uh, another company or companies uh, to bring this to the next step of full commercialization. Right. Well, as a uh, first responder, can you, or you know, someone with experience in that field, can you kind of translate to lay people what what this means like what does it mean to have this this sort of technology does this mean faster responses does it mean lives saved potentially how do you how do you translate that into what happens on the ground yeah i you know i, I mean i will say um it, it's i um public safety is about saving lives, uh, as well as saving property, right? I mean, uh, at the heart of, of what our firefighters and law enforcement, EMS, uh, even 911 and emergency managers are doing um, is the highest priority is uh, for life safety. Uh, and then the second priority is for, for property uh, safety. Um, and then the third, well, the, the third is instant incident stabilization. Um, so, we, we, you know, if there is some wildfire and it's in the middle of a forest, maybe there's no property or no lives, um, but we do want that stabilized uh, so that it doesn't continue to grow and become an emergency. Mm-hmm. And and this, this ability to send one-way information from a 911 center out into the field in a reliable and resilient manner um, can definitely assist in those priorities, uh, saving lives, property, and incident stabilization. Um, and, and there's obviously a lot of different technologies that, that can also support this. Um, so we really see this as an enhancement. Um, obviously, there's a lot of focus on cellular. Um, the uh, Federal FirstNet project has been a huge win for public safety across the nation, uh, but there's still places where cellular coverage is challenged. Uh, and there's still disasters that are occurring, such as wildfires or hurricanes or even tornadoes that can negatively impact cellular. Um, and while uh, 
television broadcast can be impacted as well, it can be a, a lot easier to uh, secure and make resilient a single television broadcast transmitter that's covering hundreds of square miles versus trying to secure and make resilient hundreds of cellular transmitters or towers mm. um, that, that are covering such a, a smaller area. Um, I, I will say, you know, I, I want to admit fully, you know, this project is based on a television transmission, which by its nature is one way information. Um, so those folks in the field are still going to need a reliable way to communicate in a two-way fashion. Um, this does provide a resilient method for information to get out into the field. The, the other story that I'll tell you is the um, one of the fire departments that uh, Device Solutions uh, went with the uh, prototype with is called Whiteville, sorry, Winterville, Winterville Fire Department in Eastern North Carolina. Mm. Um, and they were one of the first ones that, that did the prototype. Um, uh, Device Solutions got everything set up. Uh, they got their, their calls getting delivered um, to, from their 911 center. And when they went and met with the fire chief and said, okay, here's a couple of prototypes for your firefighters to carry around. It'll beep when you guys have an emergency. Um, and we're really curious about your feedback about you know, how, how well did it work? Were there any problems? Were there any trouble? Um, and while they were explaining it and handing the pagers to them, uh, one of the pagers actually beeped uh, and, and you know, said that there was an emergency. And the fire chief looked up and said, oh, is this a test message? Did you guys configure it to test? And they said, well, no, we didn't. And about five seconds later, the actual alarm went off in the fire station. Hmm. Um, so it was a real call uh, that uh, the prototype pager was delivering the information uh, several seconds faster than the technology that they're, that they're using today. Red Grasso, the director of First Tech at the North Carolina Department of Information Technology. You can read more about him and see the other winners of the NACIO State IT Recognition Awards at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>